Mobcasty Radio is produced by the White Guys Podcasting Group. Now, more than ever, it is crucial to listen and to learn from minority communities as we fight to create tangible change in this country and around the world. Therefore, here are two white 23-year-old males talking to a void about unrelated music. Due to an overabundance of talking from your beloved hosts, this episode of Momgowski Radio has been broken into two parts. This is part one of You're Hot, Then You're Cold. Recording. Nice. All right. And we're live. I guess we should come in from the intro, right? The dun 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 dun. California succumbed to the fault line. Yes, we all like to fantasize about California sliding into the ocean where I'm all from. Right. It's true. Welcome, one. Welcome all to the one and only Mobgowski Radio, where we dive into music we like and force our opinions and taste upon you, the listeners. I am Maxwell Brown. And this is my trusted compatriot, Adam Rogowski. Adam, say hello to the lovely people at home. Hello, two or three listeners. Hello. And Max, hi. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. I think uh, uh, we've had an outstanding success so far with our first episode. It just aired yesterday. Two months of hard work uh, translated into me signing up to SoundCloud for 99 cents and seven <laughs> streams. And I'm, I'm totally fine with that resounding success so far it's a good investment and i'm paying 26 dollars a month for adobe adobe premiere pro so that seems balanced yeah more like a dummy premiere pro <laughs> for those like of you out said. there that think i bought that program just to record this podcast you're fucking dumb i have it before i'm a filmmaker i make films yeah he's an artist i need it i need it okay that's it that's all i got you want to get right. into this well yeah let's do it Let's play yeah. some music. Fuck talking. Sam Cook. This is you, send me. You send me, darling. You send me, baby. Unless you do, unless you do. Mm-hmm. You send me when I see you. You send me whenever I hold you. You send me unless you do. At first I thought it was infatuation But ooh, it's lasted so long And now I find myself wanting To marry you and take you home Because when I'm with you You send me whenever I hold you Send me 
When you kiss me, you, 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 you send me, honest you do. This world with its allurements may try to sway my soul, but it can never sway me. I've given to him control. In him I am confiding. In his love I am abiding. He will keep me on the fire and line. i 
What's the what's the theme this week, Max? What's what are we doing here? What's what sets this show apart from the one before it and from the one after it? Well, that's a very fine question. I would say we're taking a different approach this week. Instead of playing blocks of music from different artists, we're gonna go after very specific artists um, from different decades. Um, for instance, next up will be the '60s. Um, and what we're trying to do is each picking a song, an artist we like that's pretty popular widely known in whatever capacity, and then another that may be uh, less acclaimed, whether that be commercially, critically, or both, talk about it a little bit. So it's going to be a little more yeah. structured. Uh, hopefully it will sound a little smarter. Um, That's always the hope. But we, we, all we can really do is hope. <laughs> right. We can't actually do anything about it, like prepare beforehand or like look up facts before we start the show. I spent at least 30 minutes looking up facts before this started you don't even need a college degree to do that speak for yourself (laughs) too bad i have one what we just listened to was a couple of sam cook songs uh you send me um one of his first solo ventures um i think 57 so when it was released that was a demo i'm on the firing line and i don't want to cry two songs he recorded with the soulsters stirrers that is it was a gospel band based in chicago where sam cook grew up Um, he joined when he was 19 in uh, 1950 sang with them for six or seven years really good stuff they have a kind of a big like box collection on uh one or two on on spotify that are worth checking out if you like such things yeah i think you were you were telling me while we were listening to the music that you only kind of recently discovered you were that you how much you liked gospel it wasn't really a genre you'd looked into before not so much i mean i'm a i'm a i kind of grew up like not so far away where from where Sam Cooke did. Um, he grew up in Bronzeville, which was, at least at the time, was, still is a pretty predominantly black neighborhood. In, the, in that era, Bronzeville was very, uh, it was hip, man. It was like middle class. It was like a little, little more white collar. There was a lot of like really pretty um, old brick houses. And it was like, it was a pretty flourishing neighborhood at the time. If I remember correctly from the Netflix documentary, he was 
he was uh, not super into the idea of leaving gospel music at all because it felt like a stab in the back to the, to his Christian faith um, and to his family. His dad was a gospel singer too. It was an interesting place to grow up, I think, at the time. Yeah. And uh, I grew up in the shadow of some of a lot of that history. So sure. Yeah, Chicago sure has a lot of that history. Yeah, yeah. what kind of music history do you have over in Corvallis, Oregon? Uh, so my high school classmate Jasper Eckert has been pursuing a career in music for the last four or five years, despite everything in the world telling him he should have stopped a long time ago. So back in high school, he and a couple of his friends actually did play like like instruments in a band. Uh, they were called the Carries. Uh, my high school band were their main competition. They did not know we existed. That's fine. <laughs> Um, but, uh, the carries, I don't think are together anymore, but Jasper is following, uh, solo music and it's mostly electronic, like, yeah. Is it shit? Oh yeah. There's some great music videos out there. Um, and by great, I mean, they are enjoyable because they are terrible and the music is terrible. Okay. Uh, I'm so not you have to draw to from the, you have to draw from the Portland scene to claim yes. as your own. There are some interesting bands in Eugene, apparently. Uh, I saw one a few months ago called spiller they're kind of like some sort of weird blend of genres i don't really know what it was whenever there's like a lot of college atmosphere you're bound to have except for in corvallis apparently except for in corvallis well oregon state (laughs) oregon state is no oregon as we all know so (laughs) yes uh we're an agricultural college you Uh know that does not that does not breed musicians that's a nice way of putting it yeah all right you want to you want to set anything up or you want to just go into this Ah, we got some Rolling Stones coming up. That's my pick for the 60s stuff. You know, obviously, I don't have as much familiarity with the decade as my good friend Max does. But uh, he was able to narrow it down to one artist as well. It was hard. Let's start off. And I just went with the Rolling Stones. So kind of a (laughs) cop out, honestly. Uh, So, yeah, let's listen to some music. Three, two, one. Yeah. 
interesting it's a really weird song i know i could have chosen like almost any song from this album and been happy but well i'm i'm interested i'll admit yeah mob gowski radio is presented by me that's right me i am a hero now i make 15 dollars an hour serving rich white people expensive sustainable meat and finally i am getting my just due as an american hero thank you corporations for finally acknowledging this i'm doing the same job i've done for over a year But now that it's convenient to suck up to essential workers, capitalism will stop at nothing to do just that. Do you make $9 an hour at McDonald's? (sighs) Hero. You want a sustainable wage and health benefits? Well, you're a healthcare worker. Hero. You need life-saving, crucial supplies? Well, cops need that money for weapons, so. But the commercials are nice, right? Uh, We had 19th Nervous Breakdown first followed by Factory Girl. 19th Nervous Breakdown was a single from, I think, 1966, whereas uh, Factory Girl was off of Beggar's Bank, which which I want to say was 68. What did yeah. you play? I played Time of the Season and Changes by the Zombies off Odyssey and Oracle, 68 as well. Why did oh, you choose Le Stones? 
Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of great artists from the 60s, but um, I was, I've was i been listening to 19th and Nervous Breakdown a lot recently, and I was like, hey, you know what? Let's, that song. let's run with that. I know that uh, Ian Cummings is a big fan of that song as well. Dear friend. Um, our dear, dear friend. He might listen to this. It's possible. He might. Uh, I really like yeah. that song too. I like, as you just mentioned, when when the Rolling Stones were basically just like a Britpop rock band yeah. in the like the mid 60s like kinks-esque this is a this is not a this is a very much a lukewarm take but many sure. people i'm sure wouldn't agree that's my favorite era of the stones i'm yeah. not a huge rolling stones fan for as much as i worship that era of music <laughs> the faux like southern faux folk southern faux. country rock yeah this yeah. <laughs> like the faux blues mississippi blues i don't know it does i wouldn't say it rubs me the wrong way but it doesn't rub me the right way you know, that's funny because Factory Girl is off of one of those albums where uh, it really is kind of that, you know, like they're from England they're, and they're trying to do kind of like a more like Americana, folky country sort of sound rather than I think even a uh, like an English because they ha- apparently they have country. They have the country as well. So they have country music, but I don't really know what, what that's supposed to be like. Uh, but yeah, Factory Girl is off of that. And I'll admit that I didn't like the Rolling Stones for a long time because I, I like just didn't really care for Mick Jagger's voice and like, you know, some stuff like that. But it was actually these Beggar's Banquet and Let It Bleed, which are their most like over the top, like trying to be like folk musicians phase <laughs> that it clicked with me. I was like, oh, his voice kind of works with this. And then I caught it kind of got into the rest of his music, it does. Uh, his their music. Yes. On uh, um, but, this is around the time that I got to I got to just name drop Graham Parsons and everything. Yeah, show. yeah. Graham Parsons was hanging out with them around this time. Um, mm-hmm. He like got buddy buddy with uh, with Keith when uh, the birds. When Graham was with the birds after Sweetheart of the Rodeo came out, um, they were supposed to go tour in South Africa, and he didn't want to. And Gwyn was like, "Dude, you gotta fucking come to South Africa, or you're out of the band." And Graham's like, "All right, I'll go hang out with the Rolling Stones." So he left the band <laughs> after being in with them for like seven months and went to wow. England to hang out with Keith Richards instead and played country songs with them. I mean, honestly, that sounds like a great time. You know, yeah. you always hear about, like, musicians, all, like, the big musicians of the 60s, like, hanging out, you know. It's such a crazy thing to think about that all these crazy good musicians were all just, like, really jam-packed in, like, one little scene back then. Yeah, it's fucking wild. But, um, but... man, um, I'm just, I'm getting lost in thought here, thinking Let's about... See. There's like Remin- a video reminiscing of, uh, of sorry, what you saying? Music that we weren't alive for when they came out for, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Beggar's Banquet is actually my favorite Rolling Stones album. And uh this I think is the final song off of it, or second to final song maybe. And I don't know. This one really like I know you were saying that kind of this faux folk Americana sort of sound. Yeah, it sounds like of, they're camping in the Smoky Mountains, yeah. It's can be hit or miss, but I think they really hit the nail on the head with this one. It's got like, it's just very nice and it is. It's a nice song. I uh, like it comfortable in so many ways. And uh, yeah, time of the season, obviously, very popular song, very well known song. You know, most casual listeners, I guess, time of the season, she's not there. The zombie songs people know. Mm-hmm. She's on. They only had two studio albums up in, in you know when they were together in the '60s. Um, time of the season was not popular at all when it came out though. This album, Odyssey and Oracle, came out in 68, like six or seven months after they finished recording the album. It, the recording process literally broke them up. They were broken up by the end of 68, or by the end of 67. Um, so they never they never toured with it. It w- wasn't really very commercially popular. Um, the only reason 
time of the season got popular was because it somehow took off a year later in America. But it wasn't even a single off the record anywhere. Carousel 44, the first song, and Friends of Mine were the singles. Um, and now the album's on the Rolling Stone top 500 albums of all time. So there's well, a where comeback is it story on the top 500? I don't know. It's deep in there. It's a, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a great <laughs> fucking album. It's a great album. It's really weird. It's got these like Beach Boys like harmonies, but kind yeah, of yeah, I noticed that. But kind of like they've got this really unique like set of songwriters too. Like this guy Rod Ar- Argent was is one of the frontmen. Also, uh, Paul Atkinson, Chris White, and Colin Bluntstone was mainly the lead vocal guy. But I think the the bass guy ended up writing a lot of these songs. I think including changes. And he's just got this weird. He's like I guess he's like a World War One history buff. So that makes its way in a lot. And, he, and they really liked English. Being a World War One history buff, that's what we call a red flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking as someone whose first year course was the hist- uh, politics of the First World War, mm-hmm. let me tell you, the people in that class uh... were crazy. <laughs> Not me, though. I saw these guys in 2017. They were playing a 50-year 50, 50 anniversary tour of the album. Played it straight through at First Ave in Minneapolis. And it was very cool. They can still bring it. Rod Argent whacks, whacked those keys in his leather pants and his British flag tank top. Bluntstone could still sing. Chris White looked old as hell, but he had a young wife doing graphics for him, so he looks fine. Nice. Um, anyway, I'm going off track here. Great band. Check okay. out the album. We'll cut it out in post. I, I actually probably will.